0: Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. What is this, amateur hour? Yeah, I ain't no soup man businessman like you. You know, I'm just an amateur. amateur. I suppose. Amateur hour is what's happening. <laughs> amateur hour is what's happening. Amateur hour is the best podcast in the world yeah amateur hour is the best podcast in the world come on Uh uh-huh this is a show about the chiefs the football team that plays in kansas city friendship and fun and stats that you won't believe AHPKC will begin shortly. Hey, hey. Hey, Dirk. Are you ready? Let's do this thing. Come on, let's go. Let's go. It's football time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right, everybody. It's Amateur Hour. Welcome in. I am Ryan Scott Hall, and my co-host is the legendary His Darkness. What's up? You know, Dirk, there's a lot of things up, but mainly I would say it's that the Chiefs are now 5-0. Are, are they? We won, weren't won on Sunday. You were there. You were in attendance. You were at Arrowhead Stadium. Wow, when was, when was, when was, was the last time we were 5-0? And seems, seems like it's, like it's been, been forever. forever. Uh, was that was that last year? Uh, were they actually what? Uh, was uh, no, what? I'm genuinely asking. <laughs> I don't remember. It's hard short hard. and long term memory loss. Oh well, yeah. I have blocked out long-term. everything before Mahomes. <laughs> I'm a new man.
1: <laughs> it, it feels. It does feel, does feel a, little a little bit different
0: than last year. year, huh? I guess. I mean, I guess, I guess we, mean, we have to watch last year, last year play out, but. but. Um yeah. I mean it's uh, I can tell you this much um my my confidence level is certainly at an all-time high. But Bef- before we jump in though I definitely want to uh I want to shout out a couple of our listeners. Um uh, starting with with Joe Moore. He's kind of like the artist that's taken over some things for us, uh made our logo and he's got some other projects uh, in the can for us. But uh Joe's son Abe had his fourth birthday this week. Happy birthday, little dude. Uh, glad you're with us. And Joe, I mean, you got to play this for him, right? Like, we, we're we not going to sing or anything. You guys know how bad my singing voice is. Um, but happy birthday to Abe. And then also, uh, dude, all right. So that that moment during the game, uh, you see, uh, I think it was Arrowhead Pride that tweeted out, like, what was your favorite moment from the game? And someone put the video of that one Chiefs fan that was having like the interval screaming match. (laughs) It was so great. And he was wearing that awesome tie-dye chief shirt. And so I was like, oh man, somebody's got to find me this shirt because I found it online and it was only being sold in 2X. It's like being cleared out everywhere. Um, I don't know why, because it's the height of fashion. And uh, our guy, Jimmy Adams, like instantly reached out to me and he's like, my neighbor has an extra, what's your address? So shout out Jimmy and shout out your neighbor, and I can't wait to be wearing that tie dye. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be rocking it. Yeah, yeah, and this, this week we're definitely we're
1: we're shooting a video, shooting a video of you recreating that, uh, uh, screaming, screaming from the stands, maniacal, maniacal screaming. screaming. Shout out to that, that dude. Guy. I mean, I was, I was, I was into the game, game on Sunday. Sunday. I was, I was not, not nearly as into the game as that, that guy. guy. We gotta, we gotta get that guy on the show or something. has anyone found him on Twitter
0: yet? I okay. So the thing is, is that like anyone that hasn't seen the broadcast. Like, if you have Game Pass or you have a DVR, like, you need to go back and catch that guy. Or at the very least, like, scroll through my tweets because I've, I've got a short video of him. But he's got, like, three or four screams in a row where it's like a, like a three-second scream, and then he, like, pauses to catch his breath. And then instantly he's, yeah, screaming again. It was so fantastic. I get the camera work. On Sunday was really good. Yeah, I, I, I had, had I had seen, seen
1: the, the video on Twitter, on Twitter and, and then uh, was, was re-watching, rewatching the game yesterday, and, and I was not ready for it when they cut. Like, school. I was like, "There it is!" Oh man, man I, was, I, was I was losing it just watching this guy. guy. Yeah, uh, and that, that that actually, actually happened, happened during this uh, out, out of the, at the game, game on Sunday. Anyone who was, was who was sticking around to the for anyone was still sober enough to remember things in the fourth there's this great moment. It's it's right after the D Ford ejection, actually. And, and there's like this pause in the game because the, the refs, refs don't know if he's getting ejected, and, and I think they're, they're kind of talking to New York about it. what to do. And so and the, 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 teams the, the, teams the, the teams are just kind of standing on the field, and, and all, all of, of a sudden, sudden the crowd just just starts just starts, starts cheering. cheering, and, and it, it, gets it gets louder and it gets louder, and it's, it's just like it's like two minutes of just of just screaming, and it was just like this big thank you like from Chiefs fans to the team, and like. They, they did a they great. They actually showed it, showed it on the broadcast. broadcast. They, did they did a pretty, pretty good job of showing it. They're showing Mahomes kind of hyping, hyping the crowd up, and, and it's, it's just like it's just pure joy from and and like, like, pure joy from Chief uh, Nation. And man, and it was it was beautiful, it beautiful, was beautiful to see. see. Just, just a just a beautiful moment from from the game on Sunday.
0: I do remember that happening, and it was it did just kind of come out of nowhere. It was like there's this lull in the action, and suddenly the crowd just starts getting into it. And I they show Mahomes kind of jumping up and down on the sidelines and then the guys on the field. And it's just like I try to imagine myself as a member of the Jaguars and just having to stand out there and be like, yeah, yep. this place is this place is nuts. And they're like, they're just kind of looking Aaron, at Aaron is so special. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're just, just looking at the rest like, rest, like, Can we go? Like like, like what, what is, is this? this? But man, just a just a perfect, perfect moment. moment. I mean, I mean that, that
1: along with uh, starting, the starting the game and in, just the pouring rain. Uh, it was really uh, a, a great moment, moment. Really, really, really euphoric for me to just, you know, be, you know, know a, a nice, a good peak drunk to start the start game. Uh, and, and everything, just, everything, everything that's happening, like you get, get the introductions out of the, of the, the way, way. The they went with defense the defense, defense this, this week. Was you, you know, know, I, I guess, I guess it's fine, you, you know, know, every, every so often is it's fine. Uh, but I definitely didn't need to hurry to my seat if I would have known it was defense this time. Uh, but man, just after, after all that, that the, the, fireworks the fireworks and everything to get the game, game going, and and, and, and just the it to be and rain to start was was really beautiful. Of course, uh, after, after that, the uh, the cloud parted, a, a a singular, a singular light, light shone shone down on one Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes and it, it was it was, it was a, a great sign that he truly is the chosen, chosen
0: one. I, he's he's special, man. The things that. Mahomes is doing, and the kind of pressure that it seems like he's able to be putting on opponents, even when he's not the the guy that's out there like like really lighting up the scoreboard. It's um, he's the catalyst of everything that's happening with this team right now, and they're undefeated. and And, and I'm extremely confident about where they're headed.
1: Yeah, yeah I, and I kind of wanted to, to, start to start with, with something, uh, you know, know, along those lines, along, line, along the Mahomes, Mahomes lines. Actually, actually. Oddly, oddly enough, that's that's, that's, what, what, that's what we're gonna start to do, is with Mahomes. Uh, figure that. that. Uh, but, you but, you know, know people are talking about Patrick Mahomes, like he's getting, getting a, a good deal of media, media coverage. But, but it seems like every, every single discussion kind of goes like this, this. like he's, he's doing, doing all, all these things. things. Uh, uh, here's, here's these records he's breaking. Here's, here's his unbelievable stats. Like, here's, here's these great throws. These, you know, we talked talk about like about five every, every single game that kind of make your jaw drop. He's great.
0: But then it turns into a debate
1: on if it's for real. And you, know, and, you know, I get it, it's something, something to debate, debate, but what it does is kind of reduce the conversation to his floor. because we're, we're talking, talking about, you know, what's going to happen when things go wrong for him? Like, is this real? What's going to happen, happen when he's, when he's I
0: worse? Kinda I kind of want to really flip that conversation right on
1: his head because something I've, something I've been thinking about, about uh, it was an article this week. Uh, and, uh, I, I can't remember. It was like Sports Business Daily or something. It's, it's a national article, article. And it was an article, article about how NFL ratings are up. Uh, suck it, haters. And, uh, haters. uh they're, they're, they interview like these, these different, different, uh, you know, broadcast, broadcast executives from each network.
0: network.
1: And they and each specifically mention Patrick Mahomes
0: in the conversation for why NFL ratings
1: are up this year. And, and then man, it's, it's just, this whirlwind, this whirlwind that's happening around Mahomes, I, I want to talk, talk about, about his ceiling. I want to talk, talk about what happens if Mahomes reaches his potential. Like, like we, we we got, got the Chiefs, Chiefs game moving, moving to Sunday night. night. We're, We're seemingly, seemingly playing, playing in primetime every, prime every single week for the next 10 weeks, weeks you know. Um, um,
0: we, we got, got these, these early promos
1: for Chiefs Rams. Rams. Like, like, it seems like he is like a budding superstar. So I guess my question and the discussion I want to have, like, can Patrick, Can
0: Patrick Mahomes be, be the face, face of the NFL? NFL? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so there. There's a lot to unpack there, and let's start with this. Um, I don't know who the face of the NFL is currently. Um, like, I don't. I don't think that I could pinpoint the guy. Um, I would think that probably the most recognizable. NFL athlete is Tom Brady but that's also because he's been in the league for so long and he's won all these rings Um, but he's on his way out and you know we've talked a lot about in the AFC that both he and Roethlisberger are getting ready to be gone and you know even if you look on the other side of the conference and you have Eli that's getting ready to leave and Aaron Rodgers despite the fact that he sat for the first three years I mean you don't know how much longer he can play but I don't think that you're going to be seeing Pete Rogers and gosh, man, until they get rid of McCarthy, there's a whole nother hurdle that he's got to get over. But um, Nick and Danny are both basically putting up all the, like the candidates for, you know, who the, I guess the best quarterback or the best young quarterback is and trying to ask the fan bases and it's Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and Deshaun Watson and Mitch Trubisky and Patrick Mahomes Um, you know, and I think that at least a few years ago, people were probably looking at Andrew Luck as the future face of the league. Um, and, and you still don't know, I guess, I mean, I think he's, he's played okay, but generally speaking, I'm looking at it and thinking Patrick Mahomes right now has the inside shot at being the face of the league. Um, and some of it may depend honestly on a conversation that you had with Danny, which is how long is Andy Reid going to continue coaching him? Because you would like to think that the relationship between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes will blossom to a point where they win one or two Super Bowls before Andy Reid is gone. And then whoever takes over might just be the person that gets to work with Mahomes. And it's more about Patrick at that point than it is about continuing to try to grow, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, so, I mean, I I kind of agree. Like, so
1: Brady's uh, definitely the most recognizable name, Uh, but he's never really – I feel like he doesn't really market himself or something. Like, he's just not, like, a huge star. Uh, So I think if you take it back, like, 30 years – one of my thinkings in it was, you know, can Mahomes do this from Kansas City kind of thing? Uh, And I kind of, you know, debated that for a while. Like, can can – you know, a quarterback from Kansas City be the biggest star in the NFL.
0: But then I thought of
1: the biggest stars of the past 30 years, and I think, I think if you're going, going back that far, you'd say it's Brett Favre. And, you know, if you, if you go, go past, him, past him, you know, you, you want to go to the last 20 years or 15 years or something like that, I think you would say it's Peyton Manning. And, you know, both those guys come, come from Indianapolis and Green Bay. Uh, uh, so, so I think they're, really you know, I, know, you'd think someone from Kansas City would have just as good a A a chance to to be be uh, the face of the NFL, but But I asked that that, you know, thinking that your answer would be yes, yes, because I think he's kind kind of well on his way to doing that. But let's let's have have, let's let's have a fun. Let's let's get way let's get way way ahead ahead of ourselves ourselves here. here. Let's let's have some fun with this. And uh, uh, people people might think this is this is silly, but you know, the start of Patrick Mahomes' career has been silly. So so let's play along with it. Silly. Can he be the biggest? Uh, a professional, professional athlete, athlete. Can,
0: can he be, be the, the biggest name, name in sports? sports can he be lebron james i i don't see any reason why not um it's small sample size but still is kind of where we're at um i i saw the tweet that you i guess probably retweeted about the executives and one of the guys mentions the left-handed throw on Monday night football and saying that this is like one of those Monday night football moments. Right. And the reason that it seems like these prime time games exist is to have moments like that. And when you look at a lot of the great players um, and it doesn't have to be NFL, but these, these moments that we get in sports like, it seems like that's what people crave, right? You want to you wanna create a memory. You want to know where you were when this guy did this thing. And Mahomes, as I said with Danny Parkins, and I tried to not beat this drum uh, over and over again, but I think that he is a singularly gifted player. And because of that and what he's able to do physically – um from that standpoint and just how it, it's like he defies all of the things that people think about with a quarterback and especially over the last um generation of quarterbacks with guys like Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and Drew Brees um i know that that Drew Brees is probably like the 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 oddball of those 3 because of like his stature and everything yeah. but like those guys are they're so robotic um there's nothing unpredictable about what peyton manning or tom brady or drew Brees does right they're very very methodical players and pat mahomes you never know what this guy is going to do we don't know what he's capable of on any given play because the possibilities are endless he's he's that singularly gifted and he's so creative too to where, you know, can Patrick Mahomes be LeBron James? Um, I mean, listen, he – I don't know if anyone's ever going to really reach that kind of level that LeBron is just because he was the chosen one and you're getting his high school games on ESPN and stuff like that. Um, But in terms of being the face of American sports and not just the NFL – there's nothing that would prevent Patrick Mahomes from doing that, provided he doesn't end up losing parts of his career to injury or scandal or whatever. I mean, if you just look at based on the current trajectory and we're trying to, you know, embrace silly season, then yeah, absolutely. He can be the face of sports in America and America still, as far as sports are concerned, America is still the worldwide trendsetter. So he he could be the the most recognizable face in the world, um, as far as athletes are concerned. Yeah, I think I think people, people don't want to have these uh, conversations because I mean it, it kind of sounds silly because like oh we're putting him in the same, same conversation,
1: conversation as Peyton Manning and, and Brett Favre and LeBron James, James and all this. this. I mean I, I mean, think, think I think what I think will, will seem sillier, sillier in a year or two is is, is putting, putting him in the same conversation as Mitchell Trubisky and and other quarterbacks of this ilk. So I mean I think that will seem sillier in a few years. So That's why I'm just like. I'm I'm just going to fucking embrace it. it. Um, And it is the the robotic part is interesting. uh, And that makes me think of, you know, Favre because, you know, Favre had that in his game and and Peyton Manning and Tom Brady didn't. And I don't think they ever really reached the Super Bowl or Super Bowl. (laughs) They never reached the Super Bowl, did they? Uh, They never reached the uh, superstar status of, of Brett Favre. Uh, And it 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 makes me think of a current player player today who I think might be in the conversation for biggest star in the NFL. NFL. Like Like if you you were were to reach out out to a kid and ask them about what, you know, player they know know in the NFL. NFL. I heard uh, Uh, Bill Simmons talk about it today or yesterday, this week on his podcast. You know, his kid knows two players in the NFL right now. And it's Patrick Mahomes and Odell Beckham Jr. Like Odell Beckham Jr. is the one that's kind of, you know, he's the one that you don't know what to expect from him. Uh, he's flashy. He's ultra talented. You know, he has the benefit of playing in New York, but uh, and obviously he had that catch, uh, which happened on a either a Sunday night or a Monday night. I'm pretty sure a Sunday night game. Uh, but that's you know almost kind of comparable to Mahomes' left-handed throw, like this magical moment that happens in prime time. Uh, I think that's kind of kind of comparable there, and, and kind of interesting that how that can just like launch a career. Um. Uh, uh, but, but so, so we, we kind of talked, talked about off the field. field. What, what about what about what on the field? Do you think, think Mahomes throws for fifty touchdowns in a season? season?
0: What, what, what's, what's the, the likelihood you think, you think that happens? If you're hearing this, Amateur Hour is experiencing technical difficulties. Please stay tuned for your regularly scheduled programming like he was kind of on the trajectory to be able to do this, especially once, once, uh, you know, Peyton stepped aside was Cam Newton. Um, Cam Newton was beloved by young people. And you start seeing the NFL commercials that he was doing about, you know, him and the the little kid going back and forth. And um, it wasn't until Cam had that comment with the female reporter and saying that he thought it was funny that she was talking about routes and then he started losing sponsorships and stuff but like i mean cam newton won an mvp and he went to a super bowl and they got beat down but i mean cam newton for all intents and purposes was an extremely popular athlete and i don't know if it's just based on that one comment or the fact that his his outfits just get weirder and weirder and people don't understand it but like I think Cam Newton was was very strongly in, in probably the driver's seat to become the face of the NFL in many ways, and his his star has taken a huge hit. Um, in terms of of Mahome's being able to throw 50 touchdowns in a season, you know, one of the ways that I wanted to try to approach today's show was asking you like, what makes the Chief's offense so dangerous? Um, what makes them so difficult to cover? Because I was thinking about it in terms of the Jacksonville game and thinking like, you know, Jacksonville gives up 14 points a game um, to start the season, and then they come into Arrowhead and the Chiefs score 30. Um, and I, I guess I just – I don't I don't know what the answer is because you could say that they, it's difficult for teams to have to cover the entire field. We talked a little bit about um, after the Broncos game – uh, Chris Harris having to get IVs and these guys just saying like, I can't, I can't chase people for 60 minutes like that. Um, it's, it's too hard Well, there's too much ground to cover. And there's some great quotes that came out of the chiefs game from to Desha- Sean Gibson, basically saying the same thing, a guy that plays safety for Jacksonville. And he's just like, I, I, you know, we got, he said, we got drug or something like that. Um, I'll, I'll find some of the more specific quotes, but he talked about how it's just like, I don't, I don't know how to cover this team. I don't know what to do defensively because they still play pretty well. And to me, I think that we're, we're in this odd space right now where um, at least as Chiefs fans, I think that some of us are willing to just like jump all in on Patrick Mahomes and say that he's the catalyst for why the team is playing so well um, and why they're capable of doing what they're doing. But other people are looking at all of the other components and they're wanting to say, well, we have Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And the addition of Sammy Watkins has really balanced the field. And you have the, the guy that led the NFL in rushing last year. And you have this mastermind in Andy Reid. And, and the Chiefs were, what, the sixth highest scoring offense in the NFL last year? Um, and so it seems like the step up, from last year to this year, it couldn't be that significant, just based on what they did last year. But God, it feels so different, does it not? Like, and that's that's where I think that even if you want to try to, uh, you know, look at the film and and look at the stats and whatnot, like the story is not told based on on you know sheer data like that. It literally, it's a feeling, and and this feels so different and there's not really a great way to articulate it other than you just have to watch and see like because when you watch Patrick Mahomes I mean god he like he just does things that he's so different he is so different and not just from Alex Smith but like from almost anybody I mean who like who does Patrick Mahomes really remind you of like you could say Brett Favre right well I mean, even with Brett Favre, we went over those interception numbers, and Brett Favre has the most interceptions in the history of the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes seems like he's really been able to rein it in and doesn't seem to be a huge danger to turn the ball over like that. Like, he should, he's, he's one of a kind, man. He really is. Yeah, I would,
1: I, I, I think the, the comparison, comparison I would say is a uh, mashup between, between Favre and Rodgers, honestly. And Rodgers. Uh, is is what well, I would I think, think of in Mahomes comparison. I think you brought, you brought up the the, uh, the, the two thousand and seventeen Chiefs, uh, which kind, kind of started similarly, but it does, does feel different. Uh, obviously, we saw the that team fall apart, so that that, that weighs in on the feeling of part of it. But, but also, I think having it's having watched having Alex Smith for four whole years before that explosion came last year. year it was, was kind of just like. It was, was kind of like, like waiting for it to end. Like, like man, Alex is off, is off to a hot start, start but you, you know, know, I have four years of evidence, evidence here that kind of says this isn't going to last. Uh, our our evidence, evidence with this Chiefs team, team right, right now, uh, there's, there's there's not, not a really a strong case, case for why it's, why it's not going to last, other last than you know, this doesn't happen. Like, we don't see quarterbacks just come in and immediately be dominant. We don't see this kind of. Uh, talent on on an offense very often in the NFL. We don't see you know the the perfect storm of what this team is right now, and it's and it's you know Andy Reid and all of the weapons and Mahomes, you know, reach kind of hitting his potential at least early on, uh, and then you know maybe the question mark of the group would be the offensive line, and they've really solidified themselves. Uh, so I think that's that's aided uh, the efforts as well, but. But, yeah, yeah I think, think that's that's where you know, the uh, the storm, storm comes from for the offense. offense. Um, but, yeah, yeah that's, I, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'm it's I, I i want I'm, I'm curious about what records he breaks in the NFL. NFL. Like, what what, what if I, I ask you this? What if I ask I you know, uh, what, what are, are the odds Mahomes win a Super Bowl in Kansas Put a
0: number on it. Put a number on it, Ryan. A hundred percent. A hundred I was going to say if, if you, you want to make headlines, headlines you, you either got to pay hundred or zero percent here. That's that's that's, that's what we need with some headlines, headlines from this. I mean, I didn't even have to think about it. I I'm <laughs> my I'm I'm telling you, man. Like my my confidence is at a dangerous level. I was talking to my dad yesterday, um, and and he's given me all these different reasons to be nervous about New England, and I'm just like, dude, no, I don't even think about what an opposing offense is going to do anymore. Like, because I don't think that there are teams out there that are willing to stick to the run and really try to to limit the opportunities of this Chiefs offense. They panic and they end up throwing the ball and making mistakes. Um, I just the, the Chiefs are going to win a Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes, a hundred percent. I have a hundred percent confidence in that. I think so. Here, well,
1: here
0: now, I to say seventy percent. Now, but now, now, now I, I feel like, like a like a, a say in that. Well, all right. That
1: was, that was do, but, but I but I, I will I'll go with your answer.
0: I like that better. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of like uh, the the time a few weeks ago when you said that you would take Chase Daniel over twelve quarterbacks in the NFL, and I was like, I think I would too. And you were like eighteen, eighteen quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, you gotta you gotta one up each other here. Um, I, I think so. I I wanna I wanna steer this conversation toward something that I felt like I noticed in the Jacksonville game that I'd never really seen from this team before. And I think that a lot of it does come from Patrick Mahomes. Um, he's instilling this, this confidence in me. Um, and I think that it's really starting to spill over into the players and um, and, and the, fans. the yeah, I mean, I am a fan. I represent all fans. So ah. if I have it, then everyone's got it right. Um, got it. But all right. So so here here are some of those quotes from Tashawn Gibson. If I was a betting man, I'd say that in years past, the AFC championship definitely has to go through Foxborough. But this year, it's coming through here. We came here with all this hype talking about how good we are as a defense, myself included. And we got drug out there, straight drug. I've never played an offense with that many weapons. Maybe Reed didn't pull out all the stops, but this game plan, man, I can't say enough. I've never seen a team do that to us consistently, and they had their way with us the entire game. You end up seeing – go ahead. We, we might, we might, we might have, have found someone to who, who liked Andrew and Reed more than me. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Deshaun Gibson. Former Brown, one of the many former Browns, and they're still a talented team. Um, another one of these quotes from your boy. I'm, I'm making, he's your man. He's your Scandy man, Orlando Scandrick, Orlando Scandrick. We physical. I don't think they physical. I think they want to pretend they're physical when everything is going good, but I think we're really a physical team. And I think we played a physical style of defense. I ended up seeing this quote after the game from Sammy Watkins. Um, they basically ask him uh, about you know going back and forth with Jalen Ramsey. And Sammy Watkins said that the trash talk on the field was more than any usual game. It was crazy. That kind of fueled this team. I hope every team comes at us like that so we can continue to play the way we did today. Watkins said that he didn't do much talking. When you're winning, you can just point at the scoreboard and laugh, and that's what I did. And you see Kareem Hunt. Getting in uh, uh, Telvin Smith's face and and ultimately getting flagged for it, um, you see multiple ejections. Chris Jones and D Ford and 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 ultimately, I know that Andy Reid said you got to control some of that. But then you get kind of the the mother load of a quote from Andy Reid saying, "But no one is going to push this team around anywhere." And I'm telling you, man, like. That, that might be the kind of coach speak that I think that people are used to. But the one thing that we have begged from this team since we started this show in 2012, and you can look at all the different guys that have been through here on both sides of the ball, we have needed an identity and we have needed physicality that has been sorely lacking And even when you have superstars on the field that have unbelievable type seasons from guys like Eric Berry, you still didn't feel like the team really had an identity. And, and now, I mean, this is going to sound really weird and maybe a bit of a stretch, but just allow me to go down the rabbit hole. If they wanted to really hand this team over to Patrick Mahomes, maybe they didn't necessarily know that it was going to be like this, but like, I miss Marcus Peters so much, man. I still want him here. But if they felt like they had to get rid of Marcus Peters in order to really get the team into the kind of place that they are right now, the kind of mentality that they are right now, then part of me is okay with it. Because I'm I'm looking at it and just saying, like, the the crazy thing to me is about how physical they were on Sunday having to step up and go toe-to-toe with a team like Jacksonville, and really set the tone. And the crazy thing is that normally you think about that from a defensive standpoint, and we had guys on both sides of the ball that were going after and like getting in there and having no fear whatsoever. And I'm telling you, I think all of it comes from Patrick Mahomes. They think that they can beat anybody and that like their best game is better than any other team in the league, and they're playing like it. It's really interesting. interesting. Ryan finally Ryan signs, signs off on the Marcus, Marcus Peters trade and quotes the best player to, to ever wear 22, 22 for the Chiefs, Orlando Skandrick. Skandrick. That's, that, that was quite a speech, a speech from you. That was a stretch to say that Orlando Skandrick is the best player to ever wear 22. Um, <laughs> Who's been better? Who's been better? Uh, Marcus Peters. Uh, he, oh, okay. he was an all-pro in his second year, just pointing that out.
1: Marcus Marcus, Marcus having a, a rough time this year. year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I hear, hear that. that. Uh, uh, so, so I think, right, first, first off, the Jaguars, Jaguars totally embarrassed themselves. By the way, way they're talking out on the field. I've, I've never seen, seen a team uh, more proud to be, be up uh, or to be down twenty to zero, uh, and just you know, flaunting after, after every single every you know play that they win. win. Like, like, hey, we forced an incomplete pass, pass, but we still down twenty nothing. Yeah, yeah, top shit, and it's just like, like. I don't know how much the, the broadcast, broadcast showed. It, it was every single play. They'd look at the Chiefs sideline and say things to them, and it was just like, "Dude, you guys, you guys, guys are get getting your asses ass kicked out, you out here. You, you got, you got to shut, shut up." up. But, but I do, I do think, think the, the Chiefs were bothered, were bothered, were bothered by, it. by it. I, I think, think they were bothered, were bothered by, by the talk from you know the week leading up to the game, and I think they were bothered by all the talk during the game. And I, I fucking loved seeing you know the Chiefs in. I fucking love. You know, fucking, it's not a competitive game, game out there. Kareem Hunt wants to, to, get, to get in Telvin Smith's face. face. That's fine. That, that dude, dude would not shut the fuck up. up. So I, I, I love, love seeing that. that. Uh, it, it was, it was also, also, I feel like they kind of came out, out and, you know, targeted Ramsey and Telvin Smith, Smith a little bit. On, on that, that opening drive, they, they kind of went at Telvin Smith right, uh, a few times. That throw that throw to Sherman, uh, that, that little corner route to Sherman, which is weird, was on Telvin Smith. Uh, and I felt I like they, they, they kind of ran really a few other things that tell us bit. that the Mahomes actually, actually scored the touchdown on that opening drive right in front of Smith. So I feel like, like the Chiefs uh, were bothered, bothered by, by the talk. And, uh, and they, they also, also kind of came out and went to Tyreek, Ty- like maybe a few a few too many times. I think Ramsey did a pretty good job um, on Tyreek. Tyreek got him once, really, and, you know, beat him a few other times. But it was kind of interesting to see how they responded to uh, to, to the Jaguars, Jaguars just, just just talking out of their ass, ass the entire game and all and all week leading up to it, it, it was, was it was really really, really great. I, to see.
0: So I I guess one of the things that I I couldn't seem to figure out um, once the game was over was just like uh, how how did this team suddenly get so good? At pressuring the quarterback Um, defensively, what the Chiefs were able to do. um, I know that we got bad Blake on Sunday, and I think that it was a little bit more about bad Blake Bortles than good Chiefs defense. But, man, they had they had five sacks and they came from five different players um, and normally we get Big Macs for sacks. I was thinking that maybe because we had five sacks and it came from five guys, that we could get a five guys upgrade on that. Can we get some free five guys this week instead of Big Macs? Would that would that work? Um, but that is an upgrade. They they forced a fumble. Blake threw four picks. They also um, stopped them on fourth down twice. So technically, you're talking about like seven turnovers for Jacksonville. Um, but so much of it to me. Was predicated upon the pressure uh, that they're generating, and D Ford ended up with at least. You know, we're we're relying on pro football focus for these numbers. Um, he had twenty two pressures going into the week, and Khalil Mack had twenty four. Those were the top two guys in the league, and D Ford came out of the game with twenty nine. So he had seven pressures on Sunday, um, and and is now leading the league in in pressures, whatever that means. Um, but he and Justin Houston clearly feeding off of one another, and I I don't know what to expect as far as the upcoming week is concerned with Andy Reid saying it's a stretch that Justin Houston is going to play and the Chiefs going out and signing two outside linebackers this week just to try to have some healthy bodies, I guess. Um, But I I think that what you're starting to see um, is just this – they're they're following what Pat Mahomes is doing on both sides of the ball. It's creating so much confidence for this team, um, and and I mean it's it's doing it for the fans too. I'm I, I'm I'm not trying to hammer home the same point over and over again, but like that's just I, I I think that Pat is is really driving the bus, and that it's affecting everybody involved with the team and every opponent that they're going to be facing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, you talk, talk about, about the confidence. confidence. Uh, I kind of, I, I, I sent out a tweet during the game, game after, after we scored on the first drive. Scored, scored, went up seven nothing, and I was like, like this, "This game feels, feels kind of over-ish." And, and I, I think, think, people think people maybe thought I was being, you know, facetious or something or, or whatever. But, but the level, level of, I'd even go above confidence. I would say arrogance that I have about this team right now. I legitimately thought that game was over at seven nothing. Like, okay. So, so we, we can, can move the ball on this Jags, Jags defense. defense. We, we, we came, came out, out uh, took our first few hits here. We didn't even look that crisp on the opening drive. drive. It, was it was kind of like a, it was almost like an Alex Smith drive. It kind, kind of just manufactured the ball down the field. Down the field. Uh, so, so we, 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 we put we it right down, down their ass to start the game. Start the game. And, and now, now Bortles is going to have to try and, you know, keep pace with us and it's just not going to happen. happen. Not in the rain, not at Arrowhead. It's just not happening. Like the Chiefs are winning this game and, and, I, I, I felt, felt that, that way at seven zero, and I just kind of, you know, know, put, you know my, put my feet up on, on the seat in front of me, kicked back, and just took in the rest of the game because, like, dude, dude, we're, we're we're gonna, gonna wreck these fools. Uh,
0: you problem. brought up good. Uh, I I did see I Mahomes uh, forced another offside or encroachment penalty on Sunday, and I don't know if we can find. Stats on that, unless I literally dig through the play by play of every game, and I ain't nobody got time for that, at least on this podcast. Um, but I think that he has now, in each game, drawn the other team off sides with a hard count. Um, and I don't, I, I think, I think it's been at least once in each of his first five games here, and I mean, that's just. Uh, for for everyone talking about what a project he was going to be and how the, the um, like predictions for him were all over the place um, and people were like, there's just no way that he can play in year one, and he didn't. So, I mean, I don't know what to, to make of that, but um, a lot of people just in no way confident about what this guy could be um, and seeing how polished he is, despite the fact that he's really unorthodox. Um, just the the way that he plays and all the little things that he's doing right. Um, I think he's just so much more than anybody really thought even his biggest supporter I don't think would have predicted that that he's able to do things like this, where he was having such an immense impact on the game against Jacksonville, but it doesn't even really show up statistically. I mean, we talked about the Denver game being like this was probably his worst game, but also his best game at the same time. I mean, statistically speaking, Sunday was easily his worst game and they handedly beat, you know, what people would say is the second or third best team in the AFC. Yeah,
1: yeah and, and another thing another that's thing that's leading, leading to that confidence, confidence right, right now yeah. is uh Andy Reid's scripted, scripted plays, plays when we're coming out. out. I mean, we've scored points on all five, five opening drives this year. We, we scored, scored touchdowns on four of the five drives this year. So drives that's, that's that's Andy Reid's scripted, scripted plays. Play. That's, that's, his, that's his that's his game, game plan he's putting put in for every week. So, so it's almost like it's almost like, like, it's almost like whenever, whenever Andy Reid whenever the team needs to score, like Andy Reid should have the plays available to score. Like like, like maybe, maybe, you know, the, the Patriots, Patriots come out and put 35 on it and we can't quite keep pace or something. But, but if there's, there's a big drive or something, it's like, like, I mean, Andy just has this bag of plays it's, and, it's, and it's worked every, every single time so, time so far. So, so I mean, I mean why, why wouldn't we be confident, confident
0: if Andy has, has all these plays to,
1: plays to call to score every time and, and we, we have all the tools, tools like whenever we need a score, we should be able to get it, which is a very, you know, gives you a lot of confidence.
0: Well, and and one thing that we haven't seen from them yet that I've been been just kind of waiting for and it's too early for them to need to use it but like I'm I'm gonna put this out there um, and this is not necessarily an original idea this particular package um, because I think when uh, during the offseason when Kent Swanson was doing like the building the Patrick Mahomes offense that he touched on this um, one thing that Texas Tech did and I think is kind of a no-brainer given the way that the Chiefs changed their personnel in the offseason um, is using two running backs at the same time on either side of Mahomes in the shotgun um, and, and just kind of what that does as far as matchups. And it's not even necessarily about the kind of motions and stuff that you can do from that, but just because you have to occupy, you know, safeties and linebackers typically with those running backs, the kind of options that you have – um, we haven't seen that package yet. We have not seen, other than having Anthony Sherman out there with another running back, we haven't seen, you know, Kareem Hunt and Spencer Ware or Damian Williams or, I mean, Daryl Williams hasn't even been active for a game yet. Um, but we have this stable of running backs, and I think that at least maybe this, maybe this is going to sound a little weird to you guys, but you know how um, you look at KU basketball and Bill Self – always has this like box and one or a triangle and two or something that he's going to throw in at the end of a game in crunch time. And it may not be until the national championship game with three minutes left against Kentucky that he starts playing it, but he knows and he's able to anticipate and say, all right, this is the moment and we have to do it. It's time now because we have to change this game. Um, I think that you say Andy Reed has this bag of plays and I think that that is one of of not just I'm not talking about like like individual like a trick play like I think that that's an entire package that teams will not know what to do and is going to have so many potential options off of it. Think about the RPOs that you can start doing off of that with two running backs, having a guy on either side that's fully capable. And I didn't even mention DeAnthony Thomas or Tyreek Hill being options in that. Um, I, I, I think that they're extremely dangerous and that's something that Andy Reid can pull out in a moment that, you know, we, we don't even know when it's going to happen, but I think there will be a time that Andy Reid's going to be able to do something along those lines. Well, well and, we've, and we've we've seen
1: Andy Reid save things, things before. Uh, I think people, people people kind of were introduced to the shovel pass at the, the beginning, beginning of last year, last and, kind of last year kind of and it kind of took the NFL by storm. By but, but Andy Reid actually first broke, broke that out in the Steelers' playoff game the year before. Like, like it, it was something that we didn't really show all year, and he kind of saved it for that playoff game. And so we've seen... Uh, we've seen this happen, happen before with Andy things saving things for end of the season, season. And I definitely think he has things saved and, and that two running back offense would be one. And other that, that I would love to see at some point, and we've see seen it for a few plays, like I've seen abuse, him do this, but, but an ultra hurry up. I mean, this is something I've, I've, I've talked about over and over, and over again, again, but I would like to see it deployed at some point. I would like to know that we have it in our arsenal to just, to just line up and go at ultra speed for a whole drive. Like I just want to, I want to I know, know that we have it available. available. We've, We've seen it for, for plays, players, few plays, not, not a whole drive, drive. and that's it's something that, that I would I would like to see over the course, course of the season.
0: And and that's something that, especially given uh, Sunday night's opponent uh, with Bill Belichick, you know, uh, th- something that Belichick is known for a little bit. And I don't know if this has to do with you know the the actual game scenario or situation, but. The Patriots have been known to, if they get a first down, then go into no huddle, if they get a first down to start a drive. And like I said, I don't know if that's like to begin a game or to begin a half or if they're winning or losing or whatever, but like I would love to see Andy kind of allow something like that to happen, allow something to be triggered by, okay, the first time we get the ball, if we get a first down – Immediately go into that like no huddle and put a tremendous amount of pressure on their defense because it's unexpected, especially if you're doing it in like the first quarter. Just to because when you put something like that on tape, that's the kind of stuff that then teams have to think about it and they have to prepare for it. And you may not do it again for eight weeks, but it's something that teams have to to be aware of. And I mean, right now, to be honest, this is where. You know, we we briefly touched on it last week, but it's something that I've been trying to think about and figure, figure out the best way to articulate. But, like, you know, against Denver, because they were down, we're trying to figure out, like, what adjustments did they actually make? Um, especially, you know, coming out of halftime, it seems like Mahomes is maybe getting the ball out a little bit quicker. But when it came down to crunch time, the only thing that they really did was just spread them out and sort of go no huddle. Um but i didn't necessarily see anything where it was like oh man look what andy just threw out there for him you know i didn't i didn't see some big thing that was like this is a huge change it was just this is something that we can do because pat mahomes is really comfortable in the shotgun and we'll just spread a team out and use the kind of weapons that we have and let him distribute the football the way that he does like i don't think outside of those first 15 that Andy has had to do a whole lot just yet. And that's the thing. That's like, that's where I think people should be excited about Patrick Mahomes is because like just his natural talents and his natural gifts and just like what Andy Reed does, they haven't had to do anything special yet. And yet we're still seeing special things occur every single week. So one thing that I did uh, want to get to, as far as like a loss on the offensive side of the ball, um, I mean, we all saw Tardif end up going down. I, I'm not sure if you ended up seeing the news today, Dirk. That uh, they said that he ended up having some ligament damage in the ankle too. So it sounds like they're a little doubtful that he's going to end up coming back. Uh, having wait, wait, do- wait, 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 wait. So, so Larry's initial diagnosis was wrong. Um. Well, so here's the thing. This is this is. So-
1: I. I- I'm not impressed by this medical, medical knowledge here. You're He's supposed to be a doctor, doctor and he, we, we didn't know that right off the bat. bat.
0: No, so here's, here's the cool thing is they said that last year when he heard his MCL, uh, the medical staff came out on the field, and he was just like, hey, Doc, it's an, I did this thing to my MCL, and he, he, like, diagnosed it perfectly while on the field. And so I'm just imagining, like, the way that this could actually change you know, sports, doctors, jobs, if if every player had a medical degree the way that Tardif did, that should be a requirement now. Not just three years removed from high school, but graduate from medical school before you can be an NFL player or at least an offensive lineman, I guess. But yeah, that, would, that would really change the game. game. Yes, it would. You would not have anybody in the NFL before the age of, like, 26. Um, but it's Jordan D V season. Are you excited? No. No, I'm I'm not either. Um, I don't know how much of a difference this makes. Uh, we keep hearing that Tardif is a is a really good player, but he's an offensive lineman. Um, and he also plays guard, and so I don't I don't know what that means. I I don't know if he's if he is very good or how that's going to impact things for us. We keep we hearing he's a really, really good player, player, but he's, he's an off offensive line, lineman. So I mean, how, how good could, could, he could he really be? be? I mean, that's kind of yeah. That was kind and of. I mean, of it was, was, if, if he was, he was really, really good, he'd be playing tight, tight end or something. or something. So not, not impressed. impressed. Right, right. There you go. Um, last thing on the offense, and then I want to get to your defensive deep dive today. Yo. You're very, very much anticipating that. But I mean, we gotta do Sammy watch. Hands. There you go. Yeah. All right. Kids? All right. So um I on Sammy Watch this week, I did I gave you <laughs> uh, can I can I go now? yeah, yeah okay. okay uh i I already gave you guys the quote uh I dropped the the Sammy Watkins quote about how he hopes that other teams get up for the chiefs the way that Jacksonville did because he thinks it really fueled the way that they played um and and that to me, especially after our our body language conversation, I think is great to just get Sammy basically acknowledging the fact that they were playing against another team and the other team brought a bunch of attitude and that that piped them up. Um, one of the things though, So on Sunday, Sammy, he led the team in receptions. Now, a couple of these are those sneaky run plays where Mahomes is technically throwing the ball, but it's a handoff. Um, But he, he led the team in receptions. He tied Travis Kelsey with eight targets. And this is coming off of the hamstring that you said, you know what, man, I mean, we saw Sammy go out and have a good game against Denver, but then the hamstring bites, and, and that's where you got to be worried with the injuries. And he looks completely healthy and completely fine on Sunday. And and I heard that apparently like sort of after the game that Ramsey got in his face or something, or maybe that was I, late in the game.
1: I, I believe the, the story was that
0: Telman uh, Smith, Smith shoved Sammy Watkins after, after the game,
1: or maybe the, the other, other way, way around. around. Uh, I, didn't I didn't see it, it and like, I never I really saw, saw a follow-up story. I never, I never saw a video of it. it. I, never I never saw anybody, anybody really talk about, about it. I was I
0: was, I was interested, interested to see if there was any follow-up that you saw, but I never, I never saw, saw a, a follow-up story about, about it at all. I did not either, so I'll leave that to the fans. If any of you are able to watch Kins that a little bit closer than we were, Kins, uh, just just report back, report back, and let us know. But that's uh, that is week five of Sammy Watch. A little brief this week. But I, I, think the biggest takeaway that I had was we were a little worried about the injury, and then he went out and led the team in, in targets and receptions on Sunday against Jacksonville. A little confidence booster. Yeah, Dirk, are you you ready uh, ready to talk defense? Yeah, yeah I'm right. ready. It's, I, mean, I mean, we're, we're about, about at, at the hour, hour point, point so, so you know that's that's, that's a, a good time when everybody's about, about done, done listening. listening. We'll slide, slide in our our defensive time. Yeah, there, there you go. Um, I do <laughs> want to say, <laughs> so, and I don't know. I hope that this doesn't ruin your deep dive. The only the only thing that I really had on the defense, um, I heard, unconfirmed by me. Did not look, but I heard, and am happy to repeat that the Chiefs' defense has allowed the fewest points of any team in the AFC West. Can you be? Can you believe that? You buy that? Uh, I, I, I it believe sounds, it. I believe Sounds it right good to me. <laughs> All right, so, so first, I got I got, I got, a, I got a nice little nice deep dive. dive we're going to get into it's it's
1: it's, it's on, on the Chiefs' Chief defensive stats for the first five games of the season. season. It's, it's not it's not, not exactly that pretty. pretty. Uh, it's it's pretty, pretty ugly shit. actually, but uh, we'll have uh, some fun with it. Uh, uh but, but we, we do, do have a little appetizer, appetizer at first, and something I like to call a D dive, a D dive.
0: Real quick, quick, an appetizer
1: deep D dive, a D-dive. D D dive. The Chiefs, Chiefs record when D Ford records the stack. You ready for this? 15-2. and two. Holy crap. When D, when D Ford records, D records at least a half stack, a stack, the Chiefs are 15-2. and two. Uh, Both of those losses, oddly to enough, to the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you yeah, know, if, if you want to want shit on my stat list, a little bit, you can include a playoff game, which makes it 15-3. and uh, in, in another, another game, game, that D Ford, Ford recorded a sack against, a stack against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so, so basically, basically when the Chiefs, when D Ford gets a sack, and we aren't playing the Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers we're fifteen and zero. So that's, that's that's the key to to, uh, to winning, winning games, in games in the National Football League.
0: League. He, um, I don't, I, I feel like we're just going to be having a D Ford conversation for the rest of our lives. It doesn't matter what happens this year or what happens in the offseason, whether they re-sign him or don't. It's not like we're just – we're always going to be talking about D. Ford. We're never going to know if he's good or not. We're never going to know what the team should have or shouldn't have done. He's just that guy. That's how it's going to be. Yep. Well, one, what question, one question on that. Is, is he, he rushing
1: from the side that he had, had all the success before just the Houston, Houston came back? Because I never I I, remember, I, I remember which side is. it is, um, but, but he, he had all those sacks – on one side, side and then Houston came back, back and, pushed him, and pushed, him pushed him to the other side. So, which side is he on right well, now?
0: Well, he's he's been playing both, and I think he's had more success from the left side, which is where he was having his success before. So, like really, when he was so racking up his sacks, it was because he was playing opposite Tamba, not opposite Justin. Justin went down, and he played Justin Houston's you know natural position or whatever going against the right tackle. Um, That's
1: really interesting. interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely a efficient. thing then. So he, he, he had uh, all those sacks, sacks, you know, in what was it, 2016, I think it was, but uh, on that, that side, side and then moves and gets no sacks and now goes back that to that side and has all these sacks again. So but I, I would say it's pretty cool clear that that, that, that is a thing now,
0: right? Yes and no, because I think that he's affecting the game from both sides right now. I mean, to be honest, I, and I know that people they're going to think it's hyperbole, they're going to think it's crazy. But like, if you actually go through and you look at the numbers, D. Ford is playing as good as any defensive player in the NFL right now. Like he is, he is as good as anybody based on the statistics. Um, and and that's even with missing almost the equivalent of a full game due to time that he's missed with injury, and and ultimately, I guess, being ejected. Um, I D. Ford has been absolutely sensational. Gold digger. Yes. All right. right. So So the appetizer appetizer is over. over. The The D dive dive is
1: over. And And now it's time for the deep deep dive.
0: Shout out to Chief Smokeahontas for noticing that the deep dive has, has felt a little less deep lately. Um, not necessarily the content of the deep dive, but the sound effect itself. Uh, I don't. I don't. It's, it's more genuine in, genuine. in case you guys don't know, know. It's, it's more genuine, genuine at this, this point.
1: Yes, I, I know you guys miss the old sound, sound but it's this is, is this, this is real. This, this is, is real. the real sound. All right, so so, so the deep, deep dive. I was um, kind, kind of operating from the premise, premise of you can, can throw stats out the window. Out the window with, with the, the defense, defense right now. Like, they're, they're all skewed so heavily. heavily. Uh, I mean, the, the offense, offense is playing at such a level that they're, they're, they're getting up in so many games, games and, uh, and, and, defense, and the or, opposing teams are just, are just throwing on them like crazy. Like crazy. So I was, I was like, 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 man, man they're, facing they're facing so many, many pass, pass attempts that, you know, know these yards just don't matter, and it's not all that impressive because, you know, they're throwing so many times. Like, 400 yards is great, but 400 yards on 60 passing attempts You know, not not as great. great. So,
0: did a little deep deep diving diving really late late last night.
1: Uh, I wanted to to see how the Chiefs defense, uh, you know, stacked up through the first five five games of the season, you know, in NFL NFL history. Because my premise was, was, I bet they've faced more pass attempts uh, than than any any team in the first five games to start a season. And I was correct. They have. So, they've faced the most pass attempts first five games of the season ever. So, then the deep dive continues. Tied for the, for the most, most completions, completions in the first five games ever. Uh, the third most passing yards allowed in the first five games ever.
0: And, and actually, this this is an interesting stat. The, the worst, worst is the twenty thirteen Broncos,
1: defense uh, a defense that had Vaughn Miller, Miller, Chris Harris, Malik Jackson, Malik Danny Trevathan, Marcus Ware uh, didn't have didn't have now didn't did have, have Ware, Ware yet didn't, didn't didn't have to leave, leave yet. yet. Uh, so it was, so was kind of like, like it was all on the cusp of becoming this really good defense. defense. But, you, you know, know there's, there's still these pieces there. there. But it, it just goes to show you that yardage doesn't really matter that much because that was, was the that was that was season, season Peyton, you know, started, started off with like, like 20 touchdowns, touchdowns in, the in the first five weeks or something. Uh, and so, you, so, you know, know, they, they faced, faced Robo in that week five who had like 500 yards passing. So they had given up the most passing yards through the first five games of the season ever. The Chiefs are at third. Uh, interestingly enough, on that list, uh, the top 15 teams. Uh, so this is the 15 teams who have given up the most passing yards through the first five games of the season. Those teams' records: 45 and 30. So this isn't really a stat that indicates winning or not. Like it's a stat that just shows, you know, most often that the other team is just scoring at such a rate that the that the opponent is racking up passing yards and it's meaningless and they're still losing kind of thing. Uh, So so I thought thought that that was really interesting. interesting. The deep dive dive continues continues from there. there. Uh, The Chiefs have given given up the most first downs ever through the first five games. games. Uh, They've actually given given up the the most fourth down down conversions conversions ever through the the first five five games.
0: What's the single season fourth down record, given that they've already allowed 10 of them or something?
1: Yeah, uh, they've uh, already allowed 10. 10, I'm not sure. sure.
0: They're 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 probably probably,
1: uh, inching close to it, I would guess.
0: And here's a stat. I I double-checked this, this, triple-checked it, quadruple-checked it, because I have not heard the stat,
1: but it is accurate. The Chiefs have given up the most total yards allowed through the first five games games of an NFL season season ever.
0: The most total yards. And I I haven't heard anyone use that stat, and I
1: can't can't figure figure out why. Uh, I kind kind of tried to find just something on Twitter. Twitter. I mean, it makes makes me think that I'm wrong, uh, but, you but, you know, know I'll screenshot, screenshot this, this out at some point this week when I'm, when, when we're you know promoting years, this, this pod but here, but it does, does seem like, like the chiefs have given up more yards than, than anybody, anybody else in NFL history through the first five games. And, 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 and it's just, I mean, it, it doesn't matter. matter. And I don't I even think, think the Divas are playing that bad. bad. It's just, I mean, I mean if, you if you look, look at it's them, it's all from like the, mostly from the, like the last 10 years. So I mean, it's obviously just the way that the league is skewing itself now, but it's, It's It's just just really interesting to see see these yardage yardage pile up, and I I still still just – all these yardage just doesn't mean anything against against the Chiefs right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I noticed that Blake Bortles had gone over the 400-yard passing mark on Sunday, and I just sent a tweet that was like, bah! Like, he threw for 400 yards today. Great job, Blake. You've done a really, really great job lighting up the defense today. Um, I – I noticed, uh, so your boy Orlando Skandrick is like in the top three in the NFL in passes defense right now. He had four on Sunday, credited with four pass deflections. Um, I, I'm a little worried about some of this, I guess, is health. Um, you know, we, we discussed the fact that LDT went down. Uh, my son, Armani Watts, apparently also placed on IR. I don't really know what happened there. Um, and then the Chiefs turn around and they ended up signing Nate Orchard. I didn't get to watch Hard Knocks this year, but apparently he was a big storyline throughout. Um, and then they brought back Frank Zombo. Damn it! Yeah, baby. Um, I don't, I don't expect a whole lot from Zombo or Orchard. I think that they're going to do everything that they can on Sunday to have D Ford and Taino or and Tano if if he can go. But it, I think it's gonna be a lot of D Ford and Breland speaks, personally. Um, and then they'll they'll work the other guys in as they need to. But my my actual like my real fear right now, um so without Sorensen, without Eric Berry, without Armani Watts, and Eric Murray didn't practice today, um, and, and we don't really it doesn't sound great for him for Sunday, the Chiefs defense is going to be starting Jordan Lucas, who they traded for from Miami, and I think he played pretty well uh, on on Sunday. He got fifty something defensive snaps, and people are are already calling him the Lucas locomotive or something like that. I don't know. Um, but it's Jordan Lucas and Ron Parker, and the third safety is going to be a guy that they just signed off the street last week, and Josh Shaw. Now, I want everybody to keep in mind that Josh Shaw was a guy that was drafted in like the third or fourth round at a USC. Um, a lot of Chiefs fans liked what he brought because he played both corner and safety. So he was basically like a safety that had coverage skills. Um, and over the last couple seasons in Cincinnati, before he ended up getting released this year, um, Shaw was basically their nickel safety. He played a lot of snaps for at the very worst, like a middle of the road defense in Cincinnati. Um, So I think that Shaw could play a pretty big factor on Sunday against New England. But like, imagine if any of those three goes down, you're talking about then only having two safeties left. Um, I tell you what, man, like if Eric Berry can go, it's about time to put that cape on brother, because we're getting ready to play against Rob Gronkowski and James White. Um, The chiefs were able to beat New England on ring night last year, thanks in large part to Eric Berry essentially eliminating Rob Gronkowski from the game plan. Um, We don't have any idea who is going to cover Gronk. And frankly, I think if you tried to pick the two best players that the Chiefs had on defense to cover Gronk, he would still be able to get open often, given the way that they've played so far this year. Um, But here's, here's my prediction. This is going to be the, by far, I think, the largest number of snaps that Dorian O'Daniel has played in a game so far this season. Um, and I don't know, I, I'm certainly not going to give Bob Sutton enough credit to say that he's been trying to get him ready for this week or something. Um, but I think that if Dorian O'Daniel is going to be a player for the Kansas City Chiefs, um, certainly in 2018, but but maybe going forward, It's going to be really important that he plays. And it's not necessarily that he plays well, um, but like he needs to be out there. They need to show enough confidence in him to put him on the field and let him use his athletic gifts to either try to shadow James White or be a part of covering Gronk. Because if he's not going to get on the field when they're down to only three healthy safeties and linebackers that can't cover, um, that's a huge indictment on where he's at. Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of the first thing, thing uh it, it made me think, think of when you, you, when you when you listed, listed the safety, safety injuries. Say those again, so Watts is out for
1: the, for the season, season and, and then so Murray, Murray is the one that's kind of questionable.
0: Murray is questionable at this point. Um, he missed most of the game on Sunday. Um, and that was what led the way for Watts to play a lot, and then Watts didn't play at all in the second half. Um, and Lucas ended up playing 50-something snaps, but I think that the Jags ran. I I thought I saw that the Jags ran 37 plays in the fourth quarter. Is that right? I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, And so he ended up getting a lot of snaps. Um, But, I mean, what they're left with is Josh Shaw, who I don't even know if he was active on Sunday, and then you have Ron Parker and Jordan Lucas. And Jordan Lucas was basically playing his first snaps for the defense on Sunday. And he played well, but, I mean, imagine what – what Belichick and Brady are going to do, scheming up against, you know, who do we get to pick on? And they're, it's going to be like, we've got plenty of options here. Yeah, I, I, did, I did think Jordan Lucas, Lucas played, played well on Sunday. Sunday. His, His best, best play of the day,
1: day uh, was saving the, the Globetrotter, Globetrotter celebration. Because <laughs> Skandrick, my, my, my boy Skandrick, Skandrick, had a really bad tip on, bad tip tip on, on the Harlem Globetrotter celebration. And, and Lucas, Lucas really, really had, had to reach back, back and, and, and had like, like a miracle, miracle tip. It was fantastic. Really I good. mean, think about if, if they fuck this up, I mean, they, they actually show it on the broadcast, which they didn't know at first. So, I mean, everybody's watching this. And if they line up and have like five guys in a line and then, you know, the fourth guy just drops the ball and we don't get that, you know, the ending dunk. It's just like,
0: what in God's name was that? So, Jordan Lucas's best play on Sunday by far was, was saving that celebration and saving us all the embarrassment
1: of, of what it would have looked like if that ball went to the ground early.
0: I, I heard kind of a cool story that this was uh, – that all of his family was there. Um, and I don't know if this was like the – you know, one of their first times of being able to watch him on an NFL field. I mean, it's definitely the most extensive playing time that he's gotten. Um, but to end up getting that interception and then the, like the really exhilarating return where he almost went down a few different times and broke a bunch of tackles, um, that's got to be really cool to be able to do that and then probably be able to hand that ball to your mom when the game's over too. Yeah. Um, Good, good moment for him.
1: But well yeah, that's, so, so the, the first thing, thing it made me think of uh, when, you when you said Josh, Josh Shaw might be our third safety is that they'll look for other avenues to go down to down, uh, to, 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 to avoid, avoid one playing one him, kind of thing. thing. I know I'd they like, like to go, go to, to that three safety, safety look uh, in the nickel and dime, but you almost wonder if maybe they throw out a fourth corner. And but uh, Dorian O'Daniel was the first one that came into my mind. Like Dorian O'Daniel should see more snaps on Sunday. Uh, and and just in that hybrid, hybrid and role, and I I can see Dorian. I kind of like that matchup up on Gronk. Um, um, I'm, I'm I'm I think I might, I might be more worried about James White. Like, like I just scatbacks scat like, like that are are just a always a mismatch. A mismatch. And, and I don't I think he'd, he'd be too quick for Dorian O'Daniel to be honest. honest. Uh, I, don't, I don't, don't know who really you'd want to put on him. Uh, I I think Murray would be the one that I like on him. But if he's going to miss the game, uh. I honestly, I honestly don't know what you do there. And I could see, see man, watching well, the, the, the Chiefs, or not Chiefs, but watching the uh, Patriots-Colts Patriots game last Thursday or whatever, Thursday Thursday or whatever the, it was, uh, the, the, first the first half, first, dude, they, they throw to the James White so many, many times. times. Like, they, they would just drop, drop back, back and, just and just dump it off to James, off James White. The Colts, the Colts never, never really adjusted. And I swear he had nine or ten catches in the first half of that game, and it was just like, this is what we're going to do. Like, stop it, and then we'll move on to something else. But, yeah, also, so Edelman being in there, that's a tough matchup. Uh, we're gonna see what Fuller has against one of the, of the best slot receivers. receivers. Um, it's and with those injuries, injuries it's, it's that's a tough test. Like I, I could, could, I easily could easily see them putting up a bunch, up, a bunch, bunch of, of points. Like, yeah,
0: I mean, I know everyone's, everyone's say saying is, this, but forty-one thirty-eight or something, or something like that on Sunday, Sunday does, does, not, does not, does not seem, seem out of the question. question. No, I mean they've got whatever that is, like the highest over-under line since Chiefs-Raiders in 2004 or something like that. Yeah, and, and it might go, it it might might go, go beyond, beyond that, that by, 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 by the, the, time the time Sunday, Sunday kicks off. off. Um, so here's the thing. Uh, th- this is just kind of where I'm at. Um, until, until a defense shows the ability to truly prevent the Chiefs from scoring um, in, in a way that, I guess, affects the outcome of the game, um, I'm just I I don't I don't care what New England is going to be able to do to our defense. I'm not worried about it because I look at the matchup that matters is the Kansas City Chiefs offense against the New England Patriots defense, and I know that Belichick is this defensive mastermind, and that he's going to try to throw things at Mahomes that he hasn't seen before. The Patriots defense is slow; they're not good at getting after the quarterback and creating pressure. Um, They can't cover tight ends to save their lives. Eric Ebron looked like, you know, vintage Antonio Gates against them on Thursday night. And I know that they're a little bit extra rest and that we're banged up. But like, I think that Travis Kelsey is going to absolutely feast on this defense, and they don't have anybody that can cover the kind of speed that Watkins and Hill have. And we're going to be able to run the ball all over them too. Um, I I have zero fear about the Chiefs' ability to score points, and I don't think that one team or the other is going to have the advantage. This might just be one of those games that like whoever ends up having the ball last is who ends up winning, or whichever defense can can you know get a turnover or something. Um, But I guess I look at it and I say, you know, there are a lot of things that are different. But Jacksonville went into New England and put a clown suit on that team. And we just embarrassed Jacksonville a couple weeks later. And the last two times that the Chiefs have played the Patriots during the regular season, once at Arrowhead and once in New England, Andy Reid has coached circles around Bill Belichick. And the story coming out of that game was whether or not Tom Brady needed to retire. I am in no way worried about going into New England and beating that team. I'm sorry, I'm not. If it's the playoffs and we're having to go into Foxborough, it's a different story. But during the regular season, I just have zero concerns. I am extremely confident that they're going to go in there and win. Now, that doesn't mean that the game isn't going to be close. That doesn't mean that my heart rate isn't going to get up there. There, there aren't going to be times where I'm like, oh, God, this ain't looking good. But I, I'm i telling you right now, and I'm, I'm going to try as best I can to maintain the same attitude throughout the game. The Chiefs are going to win. They're going to beat them. I think that we're too good. We're just better than everybody. That's the way that I'm looking at it right now. Until someone proves me otherwise, the Chiefs are better than everybody.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind, of, kind of, of with you. I'm not, not – I mean, mean I, I feel confident, confident and I don't feel scared. scared. Uh, I, I, wonder I wonder if part of my confidence is just because uh, I, don't, I almost just don't, just don't feel afraid of going go into, into New England, into England, England in January either. either. Like, I, I, I think this team can win really anywhere at this point. At this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, that, and, that and that speaks to the uh, confidence levels that we uh, keep talking about. Uh, uh, but but, but that, that, that is kind of how big of a, of a game, game, or that, that determines, determines how, how big of a game, game it is you think it is on Sunday. Because, because if we, we win, there's almost no chance we will be going to New England. I think Cincinnati might still be alive to get that home field advantage, but I don't really see him as a threat. Like. If If we win on on Sunday, Sunday, it's it's almost assured that the AFC is going to go through Kansas City. Uh,
0: Um, So that's kind of interesting. interesting. And And then
1: uh, thinking thinking about about the game, game, well, not Not Cincinnati Cincinnati yet. Right. Uh, But we we play them the next week, obviously. obviously. Uh, Which, Uh, which, which, by by the way, it just screamed trap game game, uh, after after playing like like, these six games, this murderer's row here. Uh, and and, and, and say, say we come, come out, like out of it 6-0 and, you know, know everyone's blowing smoke up our ass. Uh, everyone's, everyone's looking forward the Chiefs Rams. Uh, and, and, and then, you, you know, Cincinnati, you a good team looming. It's, it's just a scream trap, trap game, game until, until it got I pushed, pushed to Sunday, Sunday night, night. And now it's just another game on primetime. And now it's just a seven-game murderer's row instead of a six-game murderer's row. So I really like moving that guy. I really like what that does for the team. It really just hopefully just eliminates the ability for that to be a trap game. Uh, thinking about Chiefs Patriots on Sunday, I really feel like both offenses are just going to be able to march up and down the field. So I think the winner of the game will be. It will come down to red zone. So I think both of these defenses kind of want to play, uh, bend but don't break style. So they're going to let the offenses march down. Like I feel like you're going to see, you know, the, both offenses go from the twenty to the twenty, you know, very easily. And then, then it will just, just come, come down, down to who can get stops in the red zone, who's kicking field goals and who's scoring touchdowns. And it'll be really interesting to see uh, the styles uh, or the, the choices, I guess, the strategic choices that they make, uh, both Belichick and Andy, like like who's, who's going to be willing go to go for these fourth downs. Like I, I could just, just see, see, you know, a fourth and five, and five at the 20-yard 20 line 20 yard early in the game, game. And, you know, it's like 14-7 or something. You know, and we're just going for it just because, you know, both teams – might just realize they need to score touchdowns in this game to win. So I think it it could be a really interesting uh strategical game based on that. And, and I think uh whoever, whoever gets the best of the red zone, zone uh will win this, this game, game on Sunday. Uh,
0: that's that's a, a great point. And obviously um I think what the first after the first two or three games the Chiefs were, you know, had gone ten and oh, ten touchdowns in the red zone and they've struggled a little bit since then and some of those have been kind of those weird things where on second down you get to the 18-yard line and then you run a, a third and five from the 18 and technically it ends up you know, being counted against you as a trip to the red zone if you kick a field goal there. Um, but I, I do think that the team for the most part has been – pretty successful in the red zone compared to how bad they were last year. That was one of the big stats that Nick had unveiled before the season started was that the Chiefs were sixth in scoring and like 29th in the red zone. Um, I I think that one of the things that's going to be really interesting with this game against the Patriots is whether or not Belichick is going to be, I don't know whether it's having the foresight to do it or as we've talked about the kind of patience or integrity offensively to be willing to really try to control the game as, as far as the pace of play um, the best thing to do to beat the chiefs is to limit the opportunities that the offense has and really try to dominate time of possession and the way that they've fed Sonny Michelle the last couple of weeks. And then the short passing game that they that they they'd be able to use with Brady and apparently the best way to beat Brady is to be able to force pressure. And I mean, I know that their offensive line has had some major struggles. I can't name their left tackle. They they let uh, what's-his-face walk in the offseason, Nate Solder. And then they drafted Isaiah Wynn with their top draft pick this year, and he's on IR. So um, if D Ford is healthy and can generate some pressure, that'd be helpful. But I mean... Generally speaking, I, I think that the Chiefs are going to have a pretty tough time stopping New England, but New England's going to have to be willing to be really methodical and, and probably hand the ball to Sonny Michelle 25 or 30 times and then, and then throw the ball to James White a whole bunch after that. And I don't know if they're going to be willing to. It will, it will be interesting to, to, uh, to see
1: uh, their, their game, game plan, plan coming, coming out because, because um, we've we talked, talked about teams, teams that, that you know have really the uh, discipline to stick with the running game. game. Uh, we've, we've seen, seen the Patriots, Patriots devise game plans where they, they just come, come out, you know, two, two or three tight ends and, and just pound the ball all game long. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. uh, they, used to, they used to do that against the Colts a lot. Uh, they, they had that, that, fuck, I can't think, think of that dude's name, who, who randomly had like 230 yards rushing against the Colts uh, one year. And it was and just like, like and, you know, three, three weeks later they cut them. Cut and them. It, and was it was just they came out. They knew the Colts had a small defense.
0: They knew they could run on them.
1: And, and so, so they came, came out and, and just ran the ball over and over and over and over again. again. And,
0: and they, they kind of gave it to the scrub back, and, and they,
1: they gave him like 40 carries, and they're, and they're just like, like we, don't,
0: we don't, don't care if we wear him down because, because I mean, he's, he has no, no value to, to the
1: team, team kind of thing. thing. Um, but but I, could I could see that. I mean, you could argue that would be the best way to attack this Chiefs defense right now, wouldn't it? Like, just come out in two tight ends and run the ball over and over? Like, the one team that I think could do that, uh, and, and buck the trend of, of spreading everybody out um, is is the Patriots, and, and at the same time, I could also see them coming out and going five wide and just and and letting Brady deal it, it. and that's, that's kind of the way they, they beat the Chiefs in the past. past. Uh, I mean, they had that was it the playoff game, I think, where they just uh, they kind of had you know fifty pass attempts and and like eight rushing attempts or something like that. So uh, that's that's. that's, that's something else else to keep an eye on. I think the the Patriots Patriots game plan could could be, be, you know, anything. It could be heavy run. run, It could could be heavy pass. pass, It could could be just about anything. anything. It'll it'll be really interesting to see what they, what what the Patriots come up with and how they're going to attack this chief defense.
0: Well, and another thing to keep in mind is that Tom Brady has thrown six picks already this season. Um, I mean, he's tied for, for third and he's, It's so weird. You look at the names around him, and it's like Derek Carr and Blake Bortles and Case Keenum and Sam Darnold, and then suddenly it's Tom Brady's in there with six picks. And I don't know if that has to do with not having Edelman, um, and maybe Gronk has missed some time too, and so he's he's trying to adjust to all of these new receivers. But if Brady's going to throw a couple up for grabs, I mean, the Chiefs showed on Sunday that they clearly have the ability to at least catch the ball if it's going to be thrown to them. Um, I I don't think that they're devoid of, of guys on defense that can make plays. Um, and, and I, I gotta be honest, man, like I, I do, I will give way more credit to bad Blake for the way that the chiefs ended up playing against Jacksonville. But, you know, I, I started off last week's show saying, I thought it was really important that the chiefs were able to get the three and out. And then ultimately like end the game on defense against Denver and then, they got to be flying really high with the way that they ended up playing against Jacksonville, regardless of if it was Blake Bortles playing poorly or not, the defense is going to be coming in with a lot of confidence, even without Justin Houston, you know, even without potentially having Eric Murray or Armani Watts, like, you know, you keep hearing next man up and it's not like they haven't had to play without Justin Houston before. So, I mean, maybe Frank Zombo plays all day on Sunday. I don't know. But they've had they've had to do it before, and so like I I think I think that my confidence level um, is dangerously high for having to go into New England to play the Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, New England Patriots.
1: But um, I, 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 I man, man the injuries. Man. Um, I, I feel, feel confident, 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 but, but I, I think I see a goal loss goal. here. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Chiefs lose the one
0: here. Okay. Well, um, I disagree. I, I respectfully disagree, Dirk. Um, I I think that the Chiefs are going to go and and, uh, and get it done. And I don't really know how that's going to happen other than we're just going to score more points than they do because that's how you win football games, especially with this team. Um. Is there anything else you wanted to get to today other than maybe Chris Jones juking out Blake Bortles on that touchdown? That was fantastic. What an athletic move by that guy. No, um, I think I'm all out. Okay. Neither – there. we won't see any suspensions, right? Like this isn't soccer. They didn't no. get red cards and then they can't play. Okay. All right. Well, folks, um, that's all for this week. This has been Amateur Hour. I am Ryan Scott Hall. He is his darkness. And this is Olivia Newton John. This is like all I could think about after that Jags game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure really we played this one before, haven't uh, One of
0: those,
1: those wins over the Broncos, two years. <laughs>
0: I could see that. Um, there aren't there aren't like great songs other than if we were gonna play like ac classic football pop up rock songs. I mean, it is a little weird to have Olivia Newton-John talking about going out on a date to this fancy restaurant. Yep, you like my singing voice. Uh, I it. Uh, Let's go, Chiefs.
1: Great. (laughs)